Episode three. Episode three. We are going to work through some of the questions that you all kindly left us. We've wrote them down here. So, um, yeah, welcome to episode three of 50 Licks. Yeah, thanks for tuning in. Had fun so far. It's been good getting a few of the boys on. Uh, plenty, plenty more guests to come. Just thought we'd do a little roundup and uh, get on top of the questions before... Well, we couldn't really, we couldn't really hurt any cats and get anyone. No one might be on it again, but we're working on it. Yeah, but um, let's just jump straight into the pool of questions at first. And um, bike setup came up a lot, so I think it'd be good to start on favorite bike setups. Um, what's your favorite bike setup? Well, it it tends to um just like follow the trend of my riding really i think typically well at the start of the year i was buzzing off my small habit like mad like proper just loving it because i was riding at the most and then um one brake gears not on my bars seven speed super hard no dropper a little like yours you know just jib bike but then since i've been riding the jekyll a lot more I'm just buzzing off having a mountain bike again what's pretty functional like what actually eats terrain up and doesn't yeah. just like rattle about on it horses for courses isn't it, it? Is, yeah. it's, it's a hard, hard one. question that it's I like know, a favourite place to ride it's like everywhere's yeah, every bike's good isn't it we're spoiled aren't we and we're very lucky and it's like we've got pretty much well we've got every setup we need every horse for every yeah. course <laughs> yeah. nice what about you yeah I'm, well without sounding boring it's very similar it's like some days you wake up and you want to just play in the woods and ride up easy, a tree easy riding yeah and then other days you want to chow some hills and blast down and and yeah i was like the my small 5010 was i was even loving riding that on trails and like one break same as you and like riding through, like, I don't know, it changes your riding a little bit with the one break and having to like set up and, but then jumping on my Nomad, that's been, Nomad's been my favourite bike for a while. That, that's pretty much. Terrain eater. Yeah. Yeah. Went to, went to Greece on that and we were riding like war rides and going up riding mountains and then playing on walls in the city. It's good. It's good when you can have a bike that does everything. I think what I noticed about the Jekyll is like on the little jib bike, you sacrifice the small bump sensitivity for like the, the stiff, playful setup. But then when you get to a setup, what's like amongst rougher terrain, it's really nice to have this nicely set up mountain bike for yeah. that. And then you can get in and at stuff and like, you're not yeah. just pinging off. It's like it's like sleeping in a nice bed after sleeping on the floor for two weeks. <laughs> <laughs> it proper is. That is exactly it. But yeah. Um <laughs> stiff back, stiff when, neck. When was, the last, when was the last time you slept on the floor? Um I don't actually know. Slept on sofa most days. <laughs> But no, no floor sleeping. I don't know. Definitely, yeah. Uh, probably like camping up in woods last winter. I haven't been too long, I don't need to get yeah. out there, mate. Yeah, yeah. Get on the floor again. Um, how did we get into making clothing? It's quite a historical fifty to one question that is. Yeah, just for a laugh, really, wasn't it? It was, just, yeah. What was it like right around the time of the first Bonanza? Mm, yeah, well, actually, I've got one of the first jumpers we made on today. This was one of, and it, we oh, didn't actually still got that. we didn't actually want it fully tie dyeing through. I don't think I, can, I can't remember one of my sketchy drawings. Anyway, I can see all sorts of, but yeah, it was like twenty fourteen and or fifteen, and then we were. Yeah, because we got these tie-dyed logos on white and we didn't want that. So we tie-dyed the whites, remember? 
Yeah, and then we I had do, that big tie dye set. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We had a few. We did have a few, but I, that was like that was where it all began, wasn't it? Either in in the uh, utility at the kennels, yeah. in mum's garage. We had a few sessions, didn't we? Yeah, yeah, just washing line full of yeah. That Getting first slot were like a bit earthy brown, weren't they? Like we mixed colours too much and then... Yeah, too many greens and reds. <laughs> but yeah, then it's just, we never planned, I don't think we ever planned to get this big, really. I don't know, like, we no, no, like it wasn't the intention, was it? It wasn't no. like, let's start a clothing brand. It was just like, let's, well, let's name our crew and then start a bit of merch. And mm. then like, we were doing all the little trick bits well, we did we did the t-shirts first, didn't we? And then yeah. they always sold, so we always just restocked. And then Matt just led naturally into like more more in the range. And then we have like always got the little trick bits and collabs with other companies, haven't we? But yeah. the clothing's remained on it and evolved into a bit of riding kit. Yeah, that was the big next step, weren't it? Who was it who said you should make your own kit? It- DC's been saying it for years. DC was always on at me, like, you need to get on it, make your own kit. No, <laughs> like, but yeah, it took us a while to actually do it, didn't it? Yeah. When was it? Like two years ago, three years? Two ago. or three years ago, yeah. No, yeah, I think it's like two oh, years. Man. Yeah, this, yeah. It's cool looking back, time flies. I was thinking on my way here, like, in a couple, of few, couple more years' time, it's going to be 10 years we've been doing it. And then just thinking back to like what's going on in 10 years feels like a flash. But yeah, cool to see how it's growing and thanks to everyone for supporting it because we would not be anywhere like this now if it weren't for you guys. So thank you. Um, how's, how's riding help your head? I think so, yeah. Cool question because I think everyone feels that like disconnection from any kind of anything when you're riding um yeah and reconnection to yourself when you're getting just baffled by everyday stuff yeah like the amount i always just think like the amount of like things we process and deal with during a normal day can be so just things pile on top of each other. You don't necessarily get the opportunity to process every situation and deal with it. And then by the end of the day, my head can just be spinning. I'm just like trying to think of everything. Yeah. Like, change. I was like, <laughs> I was laying in bed last night and Jesse was like, you're very quiet. What's wrong? But I'd had like, I've had three days off coffee and then I had one at 11 o'clock. Like late for me, that, that means like no sleeping, <laughs> like so sensitive to caffeine. So I'm way there in bed, just like chainsaws, van, tractors, bikes, rear shock, <laughs> tires, just literally doing this like mad reorganization of my life <laughs> in my brain. <laughs> so I've like, seen a I funny need to get meme out of my bike. I do. I've seen a funny meme of that. It's like, but like girl looking at boyfriend and he's like, look at, she what she thinks and he's like thinking about what you know what yeah, I mean yeah, like over bed yeah something. yeah and then you're just there with like by yourself just whirlwind that's funny but yeah it, it's like what's cool about riding I think is when you're actually riding your bike on a on a bit of track that you that's taking your concentration you, your mind's clear of all them thoughts in it like if you are riding yeah. thinking about I don't know what I'm gonna do tomorrow then kind of probably going to crash at some point and that but when you are in that full zone of just like it's me my bike and whatever I'm riding right now and that's like the full nice release that I think everyone's definitely felt I'm sure whoever rides bikes for fun will know that, that that's defo and like what Paley was saying about the dopamine versus serotonin thing I think we've got so accustomed to that dopamine hit which isn't an earn buzz. It's just delivered on like little triggers from our phone and interactions and all the rest of it. And it's like, if you get out on your bike and pedal up a hill, then feel that serotonin reward at the top, then you get to descend and you're just like, 
exactly that. Your mind's free. You're completely in the present. You're just grounding, just looking, just just living for it. It's meant in it. Yeah. So necessary for me to keep my head straight. And I think over the last few years, doing a lot more work away from the bike, I appreciate it more than ever. Definitely appreciate it more than ever. But similarly, it got to a point a few years ago where riding had become work. So then to try and get that, to try and get that feeling of like relaxation from it. And then you think, you know, I should be getting a clip. I should be doing this. And then that's a hard balance to find within it all. Isn't yeah. It? Yeah. It's like definitely. Yeah. When you have felt that as well, where you're out and you're like, my riding you, you're looking at it like you say from a work side, side of point of view and you're thinking what what can I get what can I get that I can put out and then you're like whoa chill you just yeah. just ride yeah T- like today that. just ride <laughs> yeah 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 just yeah you just you end up back in that same mindset when sometimes it's like I'm gonna leave my phone at home sack all that off yeah I think that leads into as well, like that question I've seen about how do you find creative spots when you're riding or how do you like ride creatively? And sometimes I've definitely felt when I'm looking for it, it's harder. Whereas if you're just out riding without that predetermined thing of like, oh yeah, I'm going to go get a clip. Like you're just out riding, then it's just all coming way easier. Then you see something and you think about it in a non-forced way and you're like, yeah, sound, this is on. Yeah, defo. You can definitely force it and then you look back and you can just feel that forced feeling in your head looking at what you're doing. You're like, I I don't know, you know, like a bit self-critical. Something more obvious could have been winking at you, but you were so locked into this idea. Yeah. Nice to remain free in it and open-minded so that whatever's coming, like the amount of times both of us have set off like with something in mind, like, oh, I'm just going to do this. And 20 goes in, <laughs> it's like, should, should we do that? <laughs> yeah. Then it evolves. And then Frantic. Like, <laughs> I want something. <laughs> we're, we're grafted now. Give me something. I'm invested. <laughs> No, but there's there's like anything can be ridden really in any way, shape or form. I think like what's been what's re- really refreshed riding for me, at like as I were doing a lot of race racy side of things, when I realised that like I can go out in woods on my own, and if there's a wall, I can ride that. If there's, and I think like just yeah, going back to that creative, I think it's really good to keep lists of like if you see a spot somewhere that you think you can ride or maybe want to one day just write it down on a list and keep that list growing and then just work through it like start a project and work through the list and it helps and that's yeah I think keeping lists if you because it's easy to see something and then you and then you're gone and then you're somewhere else in the world and it's gone and forgotten about and then you might remember it like months later or but just if it's on a list and you think you can ride it, then just write it down. Especially if you're trying to do filming projects and stuff like that. Um, I find like if I'm driving around and I'm, my brain is just like, like you say, a hundred miles an hour on everything. It's important to get things down and written. So Yeah, big time. I think that's just a, the number one for my mental health in, in all aspects of life, like lists help me so much. Like when I'm just juggling all these thoughts and jobs, I feel like I need to be doing at once. Like just get a list down and I'm just like, Oh, sound. Now I can actually work through that physically rather than just sessioning it all mentally. Yeah. <laughs> Achieving now. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> just <laughs> trying to push like, 10, 10 ton bags at once yeah. or just right break just it down right. into bite-sized bits. Yeah. Fully, fully. I, that's what, whenever I get depressed about what I'm doing, not depressed, but un, I'd say under the weather and I feel like I've got loads to do and I'm like, where do I start? 
sometimes I write all down on a list. I'm like, it's not even bad. Like that, yeah, you'll yeah. do that in Seems 10 like minutes. Seems like there's way less. Yeah, yeah. But when you're just like, you've got all these things looming above you and you're thinking, right, I've got to do this, got to get all this done today. Yeah. And then like you say, it can be counterproductive, just sat there thinking, I'm so busy, I've got loads to do. And then- Yeah. yeah. Not knowing where to start or how to action it. That's what I, that like, call me old school, but that's like what I've, and for some reason, writing in a notepad for me, I have, I can make a list on my phone all night, but I just find my phone so distracting in so many ways. It's like if I just go in my notepad and just start writing mm-hmm. stuff down, I'm like, down. But when I open my notepad, don't end up scrolling for 10 minutes <laughs> on something I don't even like or know about. <laughs> you subconsciously <laughs> ended up somewhere, then it's taken you, and then all of a sudden you just sat there like, what am I doing? <laughs> what am I doing? <laughs> I'm busy, remember? <laughs> Mad. No, but um, that that's another one, sort of linking into um, the Insta thing, isn't it? What we were chatting about, what I said was it could be a good topic for this one, which I um, had a few experiences of this week. Pretty funny, just like throwing throwing a few clips up and then just getting some like just some comments off people about the helmet thing, which is always a huge topic, which, you know, um, well, we'll start on that. Like helmets, helmets, wearing helmets is like so sensitive. It's like this sensitized topic where people just, just get at you so gnarly. It's like, I have had multiple concussions in my life and I've really felt, detriment that has caused me like I'm not out to go and like hit my head no way that's not what I want to do and I don't want to promote it either but I've also read like mad studies where like 90% of cycling hospitalizations were people wearing helmets and like that the psychology of once you put a helmet on what you're gonna try is gnarlier and it's like, you can, for me, like if I'm walking my dog, like cruising on my e-bike, like I'm not putting a lid on. I'm just going out with a dog. Like it's like a walk. And to me, it's like second nature. It's just like cruising. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And then if I'm like going out for dinner with Jess, like nipping to a pub, probably not putting a lid on because I'm just like cruising. And yeah, you've got the cars and all the rest of it, which is like um, out of your control. But I'm not riding on my own that much. We're pretty lucky to live in like a super rural area Mm. and I can get about on like footpaths and midwood ways and all this and you know what I mean? So it's like when people just jump on at you, it's like you have no idea. I've probably suffered way more head injuries than you ever have. Yeah. And I'm like super sensitive to that. But... Don't (laughs) call me out for my choice. You're coming at me on my ground like you fucking got some moral high ground negging up my feed that's it isn't it like someone they've seen like with that kind of stuff feel like in any way shape or form they've seen people like to jump on and call someone out and I think that makes them feel better about themselves but I don't think what they realise is that it's like you're just a human on the other end of you're not like this thing that can take is there to be taken yeah, yeah, just thrown at. Yeah, just yeah. Thrown, just like in the public eye, let's just hurl shit at them. Yeah. And feel better about ourselves. It's like, yo, mate, <laughs> we're just people. Yeah. Trying to make a thing here. And like, our sponsors are probably going to look on our posts. And if you're there calling us out, it's not looking good. And what we both experienced, which is the maddest thing about it, is when, when we've like actually responded and reached back to these people it's nothing but love yeah. in return. Like the buzzing to get a reply, but it's mm. like, if, if you've that buzzing to engage with us, like just be respectful in it. Yeah, like yeah. you would, if you met us in the street, like if I met someone I buzzed off for the first time, wouldn't just be running up to him like, you knob, this, that, yeah, and the yeah. other. It's like, I'd probably be really shy and stand back yeah, and like, yeah. take it chill. I know I, I, majority of negative stuff that gets thrown at me. Um, I don't even get involved because I'm just like, sometimes I found myself sat there, head up, writing this comment, 
going in so deep. I'm, like, I'm not giving them an inch. I'm going to, I'm putting it out. I'm going in. And then I just sit there and think, what am I doing? Like there's another 10 pe- nice people there that yeah, I'm not spending love. this energy on reply yeah, to. True, uh, true. So uh, I'm going to, if I'm going to reply, it's going to be to these nice people who are showing love. Cause like you say, the times I have gone through with that and just gone in on someone back, they've then come back. Oh, I didn't think you'd reply a uh, big fan of your work, mate. Or, you know, and you're like, what the, like, yeah. what angle are you coming at? Like, you're showing me yeah, yeah. I had that just recently. Like, yeah, again, just thought, woke up, just thought I'm not having this. I'm going in. And then, he, and then person who replied to me was like, mad respectful and like well not uh, like in in the later interaction you turn completely yeah and it, yeah it's, it's a wild but <laughs> the world of social media is an absolute jungle isn't yeah it? it's it an is. absolute jungle well like with with helmet thing obviously like you say you're not going out to promote not wearing a lid it's just common sense like and and like someone will probably say yeah but you could crash over it's like you it's could, not, you could. Yeah. I mean, definitely that is a, that is a possibility, but. That same person probably watched the clip earlier on that day. Someone on a skateboard, maybe, with no lid yeah. on. I wouldn't have said a word, but yeah. because you're on a bike. Yeah. With no lid on, it then becomes this like red alert. I'm going to call you out. And it's just and, like. And then, and then another one, which I found was crazy this week. Just like, um, from a big like Red Bull Hardline, like so insane. Like the level, the level of the riders, the the track progression, the intensity of the physicality of them landings, like Red Bull hard landing, I call it, because like been there and done that once and like the you bottoming out on every landing. It's like huge gaps, but just insanely physical. And it's just, it's just another level of, Everything is so crazy, and then I put like a little scrub, little scrub bit on. Some guys like uh, cool, but not hardline. <laughs> like, is it fuck hardline? Like, it's the opposite. Like, who? Like, it's so Why are you comparing get, me? Yeah, it's so easy to get desensitized from what you're seeing on the ground, in it. Yeah, like you just get in this flow of like the world's best insane innovative innovative everything and it's like out there chilling getting compared like mate i'm not even trying to yeah like <laughs> i'm not even near that it's not that i'm not <laughs> it's yeah, that mad looked, it's so funny yeah that looked an absolute journey that event like didn't it mate respect to all massively and like <laughs> healing healing energy to everyone who took a slam because it looked like it could just get you at any yeah, point like George lapping concentration and you've the consequences are so high aren't they yeah yeah it's amazing what you can do on a bike like that that road gap looked like they say it's easiest thing like that pure fear from that's like knees knocking I hate heights me and I just just plunging off that blind and you just know that it's just pure, just simply a cliff. You just ride off a cliff. I seen a clip of Chaos doing, I think he did the first of the long ones and then the second one he didn't park. Yeah. Like if he didn't pull as hard as he could and he backsided it, like front side, like full case. And that was insane. That was such a... um a show of what a pull on a jump mm. at that speed and at that distance is gaining you like 10, 15 foot. No joke. That is it. Like your biggest bunny hop getting yeah. you like 15 foot. Yeah. <laughs> like, wow. Yeah. Pulling it, sprinting as hard as you can, pulling off probably the biggest jump, one of the biggest jumps you've ever done is a, landing off the, the one bit what tripped me every time I was wincing watching the clips and I, I was an hour, it started early, didn't it? So I only tuned in for like the last four riders. But like watching the on-off where Georgie crashed and then people pedaling. Like I I don't know if anyone remembers my Labresse situation <laughs> when I was pedaling at the last When you got a wasp in your elbow. 
And I uh, slipped pedals on that jump, rode was road refrain up the lift oh. and went in the middle and I was watching people. I think I, that just scarred me. I was watching people pedal like, <sighs> keep them fucking feet on that yeah. bike there. Like, it's so gnarly. Wild. Wild. Wild, wild. Wild. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, just have a moment. I remember seeing them windsocks like... Tubed up. Yeah, horizontal. Full, full like, of feet. Full of wind. <laughs> <laughs> Just, yeah. Size 12 in it. <laughs> Fair play to them all. Um, chat about film, creative process and tools used to create. I think that's quite relevant because right now we are actually deep into a big film project that we've been filming all year. Um, lot of filming hours and missions and uh, yeah it's been cool we've covered loads of spots I feel like this has been the biggest project we've done today and it's still going um and yeah I think like to start a project like that well it's just rolled it's rolled through I guess from progressively it's an, it's from an accumulation of isn't it of your experience from the last five years doing the annual vid it's like we've always squeezed it into winter. Yeah. It's always been like a bit of a push. It's been this out of me over and you're, you've leveled up every year you've done it and this year coming at it like a professional videographer would. Yeah, yeah. And like obviously for you it's, it's an even bigger job juggling being a rider in the mix, being general hype man and like... What so from your perspective? What's it like rallying everyone up? What's it? What's all the different sessions like? Because not everybody's at the same session, are they? No, I think like from experience, along, I think like there's like a prime amount number of riders where you can like really focus on what they're doing and like feel like it's right. We're in on this. Let's go and get it. And then when there's a bigger group and it's just like something's going off everywhere. That's sick for sessions and stuff, but when you're like trying to film, I think there's like a magic number where if you get too many, then it's like cameras going everywhere and you don't really know. But th them sessions are sick to film, especially oh, if you're like, sick to ride in. Yeah, but to actually get everything with the best angle you want, yeah, way more challenging. Yeah, and then like really lucky that. All the boys, everyone's like, we've all been developing our skills along the years, especially about filming, riding, editing, and even just like creatively knowing what you want to do. I feel like when you look back to like wheel love and stuff compared to like some of the last, like orange, the technicality, like for me personally, like I think when I, when I was there thinking what, what, what I'm doing on the bike now, I don't think I'd have ever, ever imagined doing that. Hey, really? Your riding in that sense has come on insane. Like on our trailer session this year, just what you were like, I'm still just riding my bike up and down things and like trying to do a little bit of style. Then you're just coming in with some moves. I'm like, <laughs> this guy has fucking got it going on. <laughs> Cheers, man. Which I think that's like just a collective thing as well. Like everyone's like building and growing, and that's what's such a lovely process to like get stuck into is in making a film is you just feel that like progression in every sense so like definitely like in my head I'm like I'm gonna do everything I can to make the film as best it can be I just I don't know I just enjoy doing that as well like the color grading sound and I feel like now yeah like you say all the years of making films has all led up to where we are now and it's like I can efficiently and confidently do everything that I know is like, like you say, it's getting to a level now. Like I've leveled my studio. I've got like dual monitor um, and all that. And yeah, sound and been getting into music and hopefully going to be able to produce his own sounds for the video. <laughs> yeah, man. Yeah, man. <laughs> but, Absolute um, level up. That's the dream to completely create in every, you know what I mean? You're not having to like, take from well not yeah, take not relying on anything yeah. else it's just a complete yeah blank canvas and you're just throwing paint at it yeah so yeah to say, but 
rad, mate, rad. It's a pleasure being along for a ride and uh, watching it unfold. But yeah, from over here, like I said, just all, all things coming together and like all the lessons learned, it's apparent. And as well as up, you know, you juggle, you juggle a lot of stuff, you juggle a lot of stuff and you do it well. So it's impressive. Cheers, man. Likewise, brother. Likewise. It's a, uh, yeah, it's all pleasure, isn't it? Just moving. Learning so fun, isn't it? Yeah. Learning so fun, feeling, feeling progression in anything you're doing and being able to look back and see where you've come from and noticing that. Just, just humans are amazing, aren't we? Yeah. Like, we're so adaptable. Like, there's times when I've been doing something and I, like, chipping flags up to lay a cable under the drive or whatever and I'll do it one way for a bit and then I'll, like, figure a better way out and I'm like, whoa, that's well better. Yeah. And then you're just going on with doing that and, like, oh, just just feeling progression is so not only addictive but also rewarding i think it is that serotonin thing rather than the dopamine mm. it's like you've earned it you've worked at it you've stepped back and looked at it and then you've moved forward in a positive way yeah i think that's yeah i was thinking that other day like never stop learning i would just you know and you're like coming up well like we're doing clothes and stuff and film you're always like trying to like because we're doing this photo book as well so like a lot of words sentences playing about with things all the time or like you know just a slogan on tea or whatever just always jotting things down and I just thought like that's something that I'd proper want to try and stick to throughout life and that's never stop learning because I think it just keeps you like fresh and driven and motivated to wake up and do something like that definitely mate the days I've w- woken up and I'm like I don't know what I'm doing today and that's a real nice feeling chilled relaxing I ain't got anything, you know, them days, but like, I don't really do well in that. I then feel a bit lost and like. Start. We need purpose, don't yeah, yeah. we? We proper need purpose as humans. Yeah. And that's why I've got, got instant music so much lately. Cause I have, I have a lot of energy, sometimes too much. And then I struggle to like, just relax when I'm laid there. I'm thinking, what can I be doing? And like music I've found is a right nice, like switch off but I can still feel like I'm doing something and feel that progression and like give the body a rest yeah give the mind a creative outlet yeah yeah and and like I think anything that they say that you like Max me and Max are chatting over day because he's been getting into the piano and it's like they say that kids you know you, st- you lose that like sweet spot of learning when your brain's like a sponge at a young age but it's like don't really, I don't really feel like I'm learning more. I disagree more. with that. Yeah, mate. I feel like I'm learning faster and more, especially the more things I'm putting my like time into. It's like you learn a process and then you can apply that to other things. So like riding, yeah. how I've learned my riding stuff and like it's determination, keep at it. You know, don't, don't like feel like, enjoy the process basically. Don't just look at this goal where like I want to be there and if I'm not there, it sucks. More like what can I take from this sesh today that's going to advance the next sesh? Yeah. I can put into that. Yeah. Feel like I've leveled up, appreciate that and take it forward. Yeah. Smile through it. And I feel like we've got better at learning as well as that sounds weird, but like, at like, um, processing information or, you know, feedback from whatever it is, physical stuff or mental stuff. And like, you actually become better at um, learning. Yeah. I am. I, I remember being in school. I was just like, I must be stupid. Like teachers could tell me stuff till they were blue in my face. And like I could memorize bits, but I could never learn what I needed to, to get the results or any of that stuff. But it's like now when I care about something, the information I'm able to absorb and store, I'm just like, hyped (laughs) it's like i care about that this is not hard it's going in one ear but it's staying in it ain't coming out the other side for real unlike people's names when you meet them for the first time (laughs) (laughs) yeah names are hard but yeah just yeah never stop learning i think that's keep 
good mantra. Yeah. Sure. Languages, music, anything. Um, how to progress and what helps for common mistake. I feel like that blends in pretty nice with that. Surround yourself with good people is a massive thing that I think like the group the group that we're like so lucky to have surrounded by is like when I look at that and if someone had asked me like I mean yeah I've got my favourite riders globally I, I idolise and look at and want to take but like the out that like favourite rider thing when I look at my mates they're just all my favourite riders like I look I take inspiration from and you know to have that like encouraging group around you there's no competition ever it's like and if it is it's not like I want to do that because I'm better than you it's more like he's just risen himself up and high above where he came here today To so I want like yeah. it's my you duty want to share it it's and... my duty to also put myself there because that's how we're doing things it's like it's going together and I think yeah if you want to progress Firstly, get out of your head that you want to be better than your mate and be you want to get better together um, and just encourage, don't stop at like thinking I've learned what I wanted to learn. It's like learn that, apply it to something else and just share, yeah, share the, share the process with your mates and if that means getting a camera and filming each other and you become more invested like towards a project I think that helps progress loads as well because then you can look back in like a summer down the line or two summers down the line and you look back and like we've just said like looking back to that first film we did and then looking now it's like the feeling in my head and the feeling of commitment to what I was trying then has not changed it's just like the more you do it and learn the more you can apply to your creative art, whether that's riding or anything. Like, I feel like that applies to the most common mistake as well. Like, for me, my most common mistakes are repeated so many times before I learn a lesson. Like, I can't think of one right on the spot, but like, I know that I will do. Like frustratingly I'll make the same mistake a lot of times until I step back and like I said have a look at it and just like really try and be conscious when you're doing whatever it is you're trying to improve on to not just habitualize that mistake you keep making and like track whatever it is where it starts just nip it or try and just swerve around it and that can be commitment and like I've been so scared of landing stuff sometimes because I don't know what it's going to feel like but you get locked into crashing before you get to a point of like it coming round yeah, or whatever yeah, yeah. and it's like I don't know just zoom out and assess so you don't repeat that common mistake whatever it may be yeah you do make things harder for yourself sometimes don't you Yeah. by not just taking that one little bit more yeah, hesitation's a killer yeah isn't it? I had that with flips where I'd just like, <laughs> rather than just stay on my bike and rotate around like I, like my bike was doing and I was doing, but separately. <laughs> just like taking these massive slams and hurting myself. I'm like, well, just stay on your bike and you're going to ride it out. And it's going to be obviously easier said than done. Like, but one big one for me is breaking before jumps. I like that is such a bad habit that I do. Like, it maybe maybe hit a jump a few times, get comfortable with it, and then start breaking before it once I'm comfortable thinking that I'm gonna over jump. And I do that like so especially with dirt jumping. And I'll even be telling myself, Don't do it, don't do it and then I just like I guess just ride death grip, but that was one thing I was yeah, none of that next week, mate. <laughs> <laughs> No, but you're I don't, I feel like that's a thing of a past, isn't it? Yeah. You, you, your commitment on the jumps has has really improved. Well, that's what I mean though. That was a big thing of mine. Like yeah. I'd like I'd break before jumps. Yeah. Just with the fear of overshooting. Yeah. 
And like that took Being a massive thing. Being comfortable lips at speed. Yeah. He's a big head one, isn't it? Yeah. And like we, like I always thank you for <laughs> pressure you put on me, but like <laughs> at the time I'm Pretty hating it. <laughs> but it is like you do make things harder for yourself at times. Yeah, through through fear and hesitancy. It's yeah. so mad, isn't it? And probably more dangerous for yourself. Definitely, like, I'm like, 100%, like I'm doing that 100%. thinking it's gonna save me. But like like then it took me a time to realise this jump's built well and it's built by if you land there, then just don't do anything and Yeah, and trust it. Yeah, trust. And and the always mad thing is when you're at the landing of the one before, you get that feeling of acceleration down the landing and you're like <sighs> But then you've got the flat bottom and then you lose speed on the lip anyway. So it always feels greater on the downside previous to what you're actually leaving the lip with, doesn't it? Yeah, defo. Which is a hard thing to be okay with sometimes <laughs> when the comfort zone's been left. <laughs> when you're looking up at lip like, oh no. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Upcoming on the bike. Upcoming on the bike. I guess that's like journey of your upcoming. Oh yeah. Um, Become up. How, yeah. How like? I think it's quite an interesting one because everyone's come up is always different. There's no like template, is there? Really? Like you might be at a race and someone notices you, or you you might bump into someone. <laughs> Buying a coffee and you're like, oh, I, d- I don't know, like the... the- <laughs> yeah, my, I think mine was definitely um, accidental on the mountain bikes. Like we, well, my dad was motocross. That was him. And that was all we used to watch was motocross, VHS, like whether it be terra firmers or like the season reviews of them. MXGPs or outdoors in America. And um, I'd just ride my push bike. It was before mountain bikes, really, just as like a proper kid. But I'd just ride my push bike because, you know, we had to go to a track, ride the PW50 or whatever it was at the time, the QR, the QR little Honda. Um, And then... Through association, like dad used to ride motocross with Kiffo and Petey occasionally and Jason McCroy he'd ridden with, but he was oblivious to sort of what they were doing and who they were. He just was like out riding motocross with the boys. Yeah. And um, then that led into Kiffo getting, well, yeah, dad got me my first mountain bike for Christmas through Kiffo, a little GT outpost trail like a girl's one. A nice like drop thing. No foot cam. <laughs> yeah, no foot cam machine. I don't think it ever got no foot cam to be fair. It was massive on me. Yeah, that led off down the mountain biking path. But it was always motorbikes for me. What got the ball rolling. And like dad would have a little rut where we lived in the car park. Cause we, I grew up on a boatyard, so there'd be like a little car park and he'd like go down down the drive and like spin his motocross bike around and it'd just like roll up this gravel and I'd just be trying to pedal around this big rut <laughs> making noises on my <laughs> bike just like that just wishing I had an engine and it was not till years later I realised like you don't need well not that you don't need an engine to have fun but just like the, the world of mountain biking was just like never never calling to me until I was like maybe well I say I think I was like 10 or 11 and I got my first MBUK on my way out to um, Tenerife we went on a holiday to Tenerife and bought MBUK on the, in the airport first mountain by my um, and it came with mud cows Glenn Jacobs Ledge. yeah Big absolute legend Glenn Jacobs um and we didn't have a video player in our hotel in Tenerife and I was just, just couldn't wait to get home. 
And it's like, I just need to watch this. I'd like read this magazine. was like, no way, mountain bikes are cool. Just like, want to watch that video. Just waited for two weeks or one week, whatever it was, just looking at this video on the side. Mate, that's sick, isn't it? Like, that's like, what's so buzzing about, like, wanting to do this with our film now, isn't it? Like, photo yeah, phys- yeah, physical. Because, like, you don't have, like, that. I'm saying, man, I've, the DVDs and stuff, you'd, you'd just hold it in your hand, wouldn't you? And be like, yeah. Analyzing every little. Yeah, the cover, yeah. you knew it. Yeah. You could draw it with your eyes closed, <laughs> couldn't you? Yeah, for sure. It's mint, isn't it? What you, what you do as a kid, like. Because your dad was motorbikes as well, wasn't he? Yeah, like trials, motorbikes and stuff. I when mean, you were a nipper, was he into that? Uh, or was he more road bikes? More road bikes, but he did bit of, bits and bobs. He bought me, I remember he bought me a Fantic for my birthday. You know, them classic trial, like a... Yeah, yeah. And I remember I couldn't, like, I put my foot down and it just, I couldn't even hold it up. It was just that heavy. It just, like, took me down. But, yeah, that scared me from motorbikes for a few years, to be fair, until I got, like, a pit bike. And then I was like, yeah, this is more me. But, (laughs) but, but, like, yeah, obviously later on got well into trials. But I think, like, I used to just ride, like like you saying, ride a gravel rut. Like I used to just, anything at my dad's, like my dad weren't a farm, but it's like, had fields and stairs and just random little agricultural. Features. Yeah. And like, I just like, and I think that has definitely shaped, not just like how I look at riding, but also like. Yeah. The creativity and ability to play on like features other people just roll past. Yeah. Just whatever's it. there. Yeah. And just, lose hours doing that yeah and yeah it's just um i think them early years definitely helped shape yeah don't they till till you got the yeah uh, handlebar grind to flip <laughs> at the kennels <laughs> i was thinking about that other day like i had like i probably like a five 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 to eight mil like handlebar on each side at one. And I was thinking if that slipped off, I was just gonna crack down onto my head. But that went, <laughs> oh, man. That went in my like. I didn't care. I just wanted yeah, to do were, the forward roll. Doing it. <laughs> Dad filmed that as well. Bless you. Funny. I know that was when you were talking about the uh, the kennels. I don't know. It's just what that is. Just brought that clip into the forefront of my mind. <laughs> Yeah, stuff you had like that. Little uh, pump track at the back of a menage, didn't you? Yeah, he let me build a pump track for a bit, and that was it. In an area about as big as this cow. Yeah, it was so <laughs> tight. It was so tight. But just you just deal with what you've got, don't you? And like any patch of land on your teenage lad, and you're like, yeah, you can go. You're gonna make <laughs> whatever you can. Oh, it must have been about my eighth birthday, and uh. I got my first set of wolf sport kit for motocrossing in and <laughs> it was bouncing down, but I had this new kit and I was like, that it was like midweek or whatever. There's no chance to go motorbiking, but I was like, I've just got to go riding in my new kit. It's going to make me well better. <laughs> and at the time I had like this wooden, dad had made a wooden box, maybe the height of a chair, maybe a touch lower, and then just screwed a bit of like three quarter inch ply to it. So it was just like a, a one-sided table. And um, it'd been sat out probably for a winter or two. And my ply had warped upward. So it was like an anti, like a speed bump, not a kicker. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I've come pedaling around this corner just buzzing for it. And my new kit is pissing down. <laughs> just like can't wait to get the cranks in to hit this thing still leaning when I hit it front wheel <laughs> slides up it land leaning and turning just carve across just hit the boat and fall in the canal between <laughs> the boat and the bank. <laughs> and then I was just stuck I was stuck between this boat my kit was so heavy I was just a weak little kid and it took me about 20 minutes to climb out the canal. I thought I was going to drown because <laughs> I was like, I could barely get my elbows on the side. I snailed my way out of the canal, 
walked back to the house, knocked on the front door, just crying my ass. <laughs> <laughs> just opened the door, I'm just sodden. <laughs> Been out about 15 minutes, just canal. <laughs> on the bike, in the canal, stuck, <laughs> come back in the house. Wolf kit career. Embedded in. Yeah. They have big PVC. Like, all it. of it, like the football, like the goalie kit, you know, when it's like square. Yeah, yeah. And like square, cut like pattern stitched in. Yeah, somewhere. yeah. I can't explain it very well. David Seaman. Proper David <laughs> Seaman. <laughs> 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 Number one. Tips for setting up a jib by, I, I guess we t- t- touched on that at the start, but I did want to just mention your uh, gear changer. Yeah. So I, I, I single speed mine. It's just, um, don't really know why. I tried the gear Simplicity. thing. Yeah, I had the gear thing like you down there, but I didn't really change gear anyway. So I just, yeah, had that. But yours is like handlebar. Yeah, I cut a little bit of handlebar off and attached it to my bottle cage mounts with a bit of something. Can't remember an old shifter or something. Yeah, so it's like a shifter on a handlebar on your bottle mount, and then yeah, so one bit of it, the shifter clamp goes into the bottle cage mount and fixes a bar to the frame, and then I've got the shifter on the other side of the handlebar sticking out. So it's Sick because at the time I was like fired up for bar spins when I built that bike, and then then. Had a crash which put me off bars. <laughs> you were slinging them though. You were slinging them. Like, yours, like my journey to learning bar spins is like, it's very long. And then you, you were just straight, straight on them, slinging them. But it's, I remember. I, I dreamt about them, mate, <laughs> constantly. I dreamt constantly. I'd wait, I'd be in my sleep, just buzzing and I'd wake up just feeling so mint like yeah I can bar spin and I'd be like oh man it was a dream I can't bar spin and I eventually got a few going on that America trip that's when I actually committed to on the America trip and I think it was a four-week trip and at the first stop I like landed a few hot bars and then at the last stop I uh, <laughs> slung them and then bent my knees and when my lanky legs got in the way of a bar spinning all the way and then like punted the back, well, just front wheel, just nosed in with the bars sideways and just like proper hit my head and like crick my neck, stiff my neck up bad. Hit a decent size dub that like I remember watching clip. Yeah, yeah, it wasn't a bad size dub, but I think that made it easier having a bit of time, but mm. then just got in my head. But Woodward was in ISIS, like big fly outs. So then you're landing with not much speed. Yeah. Just like got a few, got confident doing a few there. Flyouts, I think, are definitely. I tried learning hot bars first. For how hard can it be? You just bunny up, and an absolute self-punishing journey. I remember having like car sponges down each of my socks, like on inside because my ankle was getting wrecked. But it's a mad trick, isn't it? I feel like the more you think yeah. about them, the more you damage. Like. The ones that feel good and you just, you know, it's a glitch in your existence. You're just like, Psh! and you've caught I've them. seen that. I've seen you do that and it's so impressive. I never got to that level, but it's just like thrown and caught in the same instant. <laughs> just like, boom. I know, but then, then I have them and then, I, and then I've got like a sweet spot. Of like first three tries, it'll be nice. And then I'm like, if I'm trying, you know what I mean? If I'm, then I'll start just going back downhill, thinking, trying to like, right, gotta keep doing that. And then you just. Yeah, no, I feel you with that fully. I have that myself. I'm like, sometimes I feel like my first go at stuff is like my best. And then every time thereafter, I think more and get worse. It's like, it's like same sort of, uh, what's it called? Same, uh, wavelength as, um, Camera curse. Yeah, exactly, exactly. It's just you know it's you know it's happening. And you can't do it about it. <laughs> Fully. Yeah, um, 
back to the jib bite thing though for me my preference is just like hard harder tires than you typically go so you're not getting that roll harder suspension maybe thinner slightly thinner bars yeah and a shorter frame isn't it yeah and I've not had a front brake on my jib bite for ages which I kind of I miss a little bit especially watching you getting more on the front brake again and doing some front wheel stuff pretty fun to have in it yeah yeah, I enjoy having front brakes, but then also on my my jibber straight back brake, because um, then I, I put I sometimes put my front brake on and then just get somewhere and want to do a bar spin and I'm like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> get multi tool out, start taking disc off and that. But yeah, I think size down, stiffen everything up. Um, 5010's got a chip where you can go low or high, put that in high so your angles are a little bit more steep and... Street. Yeah, street. A little bit more like um, twitchy and um, what's it called? Reactive. Especially we're doing like front wheel stuff like no nose, like the more slacker your bike is. And I find that we're going backwards yeah, as well. Yeah, you stuff's horrible with a slacker, don't you? Yeah, really? if it's slacker and you're going backwards, it's like mad it's mad delayed like you're on a yeah but when on the you can just like a little bit of a counter steer here and there on steep for setup is just yeah and a lot of that's come from learning from bmx really like listening to pales talk about like in bmx riders pro riders get a pro frame and then that's like they're like yeah they're and then yeah favorite geometry for yeah they get that opportunity to create their perfect angles and everything and just listening to how like the street setups are more steep red angle shorter higher, back end higher bb yeah higher bb bb height is a trippy one well i guess that paired with a head angle but for me going from the rowy bmx frame to the paley bmx frame actually makes me feel like whichever rider's bike i'm on yeah. The way I'm coming at stuff. <laughs> I know a lot of that is mental, but it's so directly real, correlated in the way the thing rides. Yeah. It's crazy. For sure. For sure. <laughs> nah, just smiling, just, think, just thinking about thinking about you pedaling in and switching between Rowie or Paley. <laughs> Looking like neither. Absolutely not getting anything like any of them. Don't get me wrong. Bollocks. Leagues behind. But still got that kid in my heart. What feels like one of them when I'm on the bike. It's mint. In it. But yeah, I think it's important to uh, have a bike to play on, especially with, with bikes progressively getting longer, slacker, bigger. Um, it takes away that like bike handling side of things where your bike's now just a really, really good advanced tech piece of technology. But I feel like I learn a lot from riding a, a, a twitchy, it's just like, yeah, if you come into a corner, slapping about on a smaller bike, you know, it's going to let you know. Yeah, you gotta be careful. Yeah. You gotta be on your game else it will bite. Yeah. Whereas the big the big armchairs these days, the oversized mediums, which used to be an XXL, will really let you get away with bad habits. Yeah. Or, or bad habits or like you can have your body weight completely wrong or you can just be throwing your hips into a corner to try and get a shroud. Yeah. And it's just letting you it's just so planted and stable whereas because your body weight relatively is actually still fairly central or whatever mm. but on a on a tighter rig like a smaller movement makes such a big difference doesn't it like too much weight on the front and you're just like jack going down yeah jackknifing and too much weight on the back and you're just understeer and loop out and it's so much more finite, isn't it? Yeah. It's crazy. Defo. Um, well, sort of back in my motocross, when I used to ride motocross, and it was when I was coming up on my bike as well, it was like, before, that 
Dan and Petey were always like, oh yeah, well, practice on your hardtail, race on your full suspension, because they only had a Patriot, like, you know, it was like five inch bike maybe, four and a half. Yeah. I don't know what I don't know what they are, but yeah. But pretty minimal travel. And well, before that, my first full suspension was this XCR 2000, a GT XCR or X. Yeah, XCR maybe, 2000. It was a cross-country bike, basically, but they did one small enough for me to fit on when I was real young. So I'd, like, go practicing on Miss Jack Flash. And uh, super long, super long hardtail with just a front brake. <laughs> <laughs> like, I'd practice on that when i go racing on my GT. That was before I was old enough, that, when i go racing. And it'd just be like, you know... You'd be so much more dialed because you you couldn't get away with anything on my hardtail, mm. especially just a front brake. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then same with like riding a two-stroke before you got on a four-stroke. Like if if you had bad habits with the gears and everything on a on an eighty-five or a one-two-five, you could not get away with it. But like you'd learn you 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 riding would be leveled up, and then you'd get on the easier bike to ride, and you'd absolutely smash it. Yeah. Like you say, it's important to have that cheaper, essentially cheaper, simpler bike, size down, what you can just learn stuff on, yeah. not chucking your big expensive Enduro mm. bike or whatever. Yeah. Wheelbases, when you look at a wheelbase on some some new bikes, you know, like... Yeah, long back end, slack head angle. Yeah, and then you stood on it, and I don't know, it's just... That's like your wheelbase is your point of contact with ground, isn't it? So it's like the longer it gets, the less precise it's going to be. Say if you're like, yeah, you know, your your back wheels there and your front wheels over there, and like it's too. I know who. What was it? I was watching. It was something from Val de Sol, and it might have been Loris. It was a head cam of somebody from Val de Sol. And I just remember seeing him coming into a corner so fast, and I'm thinking. How on earth did you keep that front wheel in that rut? Like, and the longer your bike is, there's always more tendency, I felt, for my front end to push. Yeah. You're not, like you said, you're not as accurate. You don't know quite where it is. And if you're leaning in late, the front wheel's out there. That's why I always had a tough time when, the year, I think it was, 2011 when we went to Carbon with Santa Cruz and the, the sizing all shifted that year and they didn't make a mould in the size I wanted and the first the first half of the year I just had a nightmare I just couldn't get this bike round the turns at all I just could not get it round any of the corners and I'd just be crashing and just unprecise and <clears throat> just didn't have that precision I had with my old aluminium one because they'd, they'd sort of dropped the large and called the XL the large. And I waited till I got a good result, which really took some getting. And then I said to Rob, I was like, I can't ride this bike, mate. Like, I, like please, can you do, can you fill that gap? And they did. And they honoured me. And, they, and that's when, that's the banter. Oh yeah, yeah. It still you know, lives it's still on. going. Yeah. It still gets ridden by Jimmy, I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And um they actually upped a new mould which which slotted in between the medium and the large because the gap was so big and just like knew where my front wheel was again. It's like mint just back and I could have probably adjusted my riding position and I think it was as much my strength at the time wasn't you know, I wasn't a full on like man strength yet. I was still quite weedy as like an early 20 year old. <laughs> I couldn't really like maneuvering and stuff. But like, yeah, works both ways. But some people are more comfortable on that. Yeah. But I think coming from like the way we've always ridden and like being like acute little movements mm. and that, like it didn't work with me getting on that big bike. I'd prefer going faster on a small one so yeah. I knew exactly where it was at. Yeah, I'm like, I like a smaller. Smaller bike, defo. Nice. Yeah. Nice, mate. Yeah. Yeah. Done an hour in there, haven't we? Yeah. Chin wagon. No, I think I'll enjoy it. through them questions. Yeah, we've done them. Decent. Yeah. Decent. Um, Yeah.
Yeah, well, I think we'll maybe try and do this every few. Yeah. Yeah. So if keep keep the uh, questions rolling in. Yeah, for sure. We're listening. And, we are uh, here listening. We'll, we'll address them in due course. Yeah, we're doing our best. When we can't get a, uh, <laughs> a guest. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks to everyone again for uh, just like at Malvin's and yeah, and like pe- people are just coming up Malvin. to us saying like re- they're enjoying the podcast and it's like, yeah, even people saying I didn't think I'd listen to it and then they, you know, it's uh, yeah, yeah. it's really nice to hear that and it's motivating for us because when we yeah first started doing it, I was a bit. I don't know, you just get a bit like... Yeah, I was really cautious, to be honest. I was super cautious, but um, yeah, the feedback's been lovely and um, appreciate all the positivity in the comments and yeah, any any uh, any uh, questions and anything in it, just yeah. keep them rolling in. Keep them rolling in, keep... Uh... Keep learning. Yeah, never stop learning. Wear your helmet. Wear your helmet. <laughs> Big German pub. <laughs> <laughs>